0: All oh, right, guys, thanks so much for taking the time to do this. Um, the, both of you being here, the questions I'm going to throw you away, by all means, take them individually, share the answers if you want. If you've both got an opinion, both jump in. You know, I'm sure this isn't your first rodeo, so by all means, um, answer how you see fit. And we'll start off really, really straightforward, which is basically, how's your day going so far? Good.
1: We're both new parents, so, uh, you know, definitely had to deal with a blowout shit this morning so i changed out of my you know first metal shirt and switched over to my death shirt but uh other than that it's been pretty good yeah (laughs)
2: Like, like having a baby is just constantly being being covered in some sort of bodily fluid um sometimes sometimes it's a drag but other times it's like the best thing ever just being a parent, not the bodily fluid part. Yeah, it's um, kind of metal in that way. <laughs> no, so far, so good. I, I similarly mopped up a pile of vomit about 15 minutes ago, <laughs> um, <laughs> trying to teach my dude how to eat things other than than formula. Um, but you know what? This is uh, this is my life now. <laughs> I can't complain.
0: Congratulations nice. to you both, that's incredible. Um, I'd say it gets easier, but I've got a 19 year old and he's still shitting and puking everywhere as well. <laughs> nice. nice, nice, very nice. Well, coming to the end of the year, overall, are you satisfied with the year the AD's had? You know, I, I, I guess we,
2: we have been working on this record uh, for the last two years and change. And, you know, it's to say, it's not our primary hustle, uh, would be an understatement, right. Uh, like most of us, you know, we've got day jobs and and families. Um, and I think just the, the amount of cycles that were available to make this record versus the previous were, were fewer. So I think just, just getting it to market, right. Finishing the album and releasing it to me, that's a win um and uh honestly been blown away by the feedback so far uh was expecting a bad word or two um and, and i really honestly i don't think i've even heard a whisper of negative feedback have, have you Aki? I, I almost i almost want some right <laughs> i almost feel like yeah. it's too pandering um but but i think just overwhelmingly heard a lot of good stuff about the new record whereas with the last one there was good things people had to say there were also plenty of bad things production sucked the clean vocals sucked you know um too many opeth rip-offs you know there was definitely criticism of the last record and you know all that all that i shouldn't say all but some of it matters right so much just bullshit or noise but you know getting a holistic view of, of maybe what your listeners think i think is helpful you know i don't think you should overanalyze it or let it yeah I don't, I don't think something you should obsess over and let it kind of guide your craft. But, but, but again, I'm sorry. I'm going on a rant as I tend to do, but honestly the, the feedback has been so overwhelmingly positive and I'm really just blown away by that.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think everything I've seen about this record has been positive <laughs> and I, I actually thought the last record was received pretty well. I mean, the feedback was the negative feedback was pretty minimal, <laughs> but um, I mean, honestly just the fact that we were able to get it done uh as both you know trying to get all the recorded parts down in before we actually had kids and then just getting everything else done you know after we had kids I think uh that just throws a whole other complication in the whole matter but uh proud to have done it at this point and uh I'm proud of the record you know Chris did an awesome job uh like just really getting it over the goal line I don't know if that's a actually an analogy you guys would understand. <laughs> that's a that's an American football analogy, but yeah.
0: No, it, it amounts to the same thing with football okay. over here, soccer as you will. Sure, uh, sure. Goal is still the the aim is still to get it yeah. over the goal
2: line. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, of course it has been uh just a few weeks now since the release of the new album doomsday psalm um guys it's no secret that i thought it's a staggeringly great release um you know and i loved your previous album as well this reaction that you talk about uh the b- majority of positive are you finding it um coming from both sides so obviously you have your reviews your your outlets that are giving you reviews but also just your general comments on say social media and stuff like that how about that side of things
2: yeah, no, nothing. I don't think anything out of the ordinary. Um, I, I always love it when a listener kind of goes out of their way to say like, you know, I'm loving the record. Or, this is my favorite song or or this one part kind of always gets me. You know, I think someone on the last record was like, you know, like, I get so pumped at this part. You know, I put it on at the gym like I I, I love that. Just hearing how people maybe connect with us in the music in very specific ways. Um, because sometimes I feel the same way. It's like, yeah, I love that part too. Or that's exactly how I wanted, you know, I was hoping you would feel um, when you, you heard this thing we wrote. Um, you know, I, I guess like one, one funny, and, and it was, again, it was positive, but like <laughs> one funny comment I got, it was, you know, maybe a, a press release post and social about, about the record, the new record. And someone just wanted to talk about the old record. Oh, and it was like, and it was like, guys, this this is pretty good. But have you heard the 2020 album? <laughs> and, uh, you know, like for us, I thought it was, I think, a logical progression in some sense, of maybe a continuation creatively, but logical progression in terms of just the musicianship and the production. I was like, all right, if you liked the last album, you're going to love this, right? It's longer. It's It's, you know, maybe to me, it's better. And I just, you know, for this one fan to say like, "Great, all right, whatever." Um, is anyone still rocking the Twenty Twenty album? Like, I, I, uh, I got a kick out of that. I liked it. Yeah, but that's like that means we've like made it
1: in the metal world. People are like, "Oh man, you don't even know. You got to hear the old stuff. Like the metal
0: world never changes. That's how it's always been." You weren't there, man. You weren't there when. (laughs) Yeah, you don't even know. (laughs) Right. Take me back to the early days of its inception then. Specifically a vision, did you have one when you set out to make this record? And if so, what did it look like?
2: Man, I I I'm going to probably sound like a huge loser, but like, you know, obviously there's there's one side of things which is not reading too much into criticism or into reviews, but so the, the last record got a, a really good review, a really strong review from, from a, a popular blog called Angry Metal Guy.
0: Mm-hmm. And it was a
2: very thoughtful review. And it, it kind of laid out, you know, they've got a very rigid um, and strict scoring system. Right? It's very hard to achieve really anything over a four. And, and they kind of had laid out this blueprint, I thought, of like, okay, this is a good record. This is what these guys need to do to make a great record. And I think even before the review, I was not terribly familiar with the site and its writing, but I, I thought like, you know, this guy gets us, mm. he, he gets what we're trying to do. He gets what we're good at. And he's kind of like laid out a few things that we aren't executing very well. So it, it certainly wasn't me trying to um, cater to what a blogger had written, but I somehow through the blogosphere, you know, the universe had connect this with somebody who i thought laid out very clearly like you know this is the stuff you guys need to do if you need to take the next level you know better production it's the same stuff i mentioned before like maybe clean up some of the experimentation it doesn't mean experiment less it means make it all sound a little more organic or sticky um better production um and i think you know tightening up the clean vocals a bit there was some like experimental like traditional heavy metal vocals on the last record and if, you, if you're going to do that and put it on a death metal record, you better you better be fucking good at it. Right. Like really good. Otherwise, you're going to turn off your listeners. Right. They don't want to hear, you know, wish.com Bruce Dickinson right in the middle of, you know, death metal growls. Yeah. Right. You're going to have to be better, better than that. Um, and, and so, again, I know it sounds a little bit myopic, but when I said, like, you know, well, I could do all that stuff. I think the other bit of feedback was, was make it longer. Like this was just a taste. Give me the full meal. Mm -hmm. I said, I could do all that. And I think it all makes sense. I think this guy is really telling us like the blueprint for a a really great record. So I think those were actually my guiding principles. I was like, you know, creatively, we know what we want to do. Aki and I work really well together. We kind of know what our sound is. um, And let's just tighten up some of those things right and mature the sound a bit and uh, hopefully that's what we were able to do
1: yeah and and, you know I think any any high high level operating organization individual anything uh, you want to self-scout you want to kind of look for areas where you can improve so I I don't think you know Chris saying like I don't want to sound like a you know like a wuss going this I think anytime you get criticism you should uh, objectively kind of look at it and you're like yeah where, where can we improve like how can we make this better um and my, my personally i just and talking to chris about this too i think the first record i was trying to you know there's there's so many good guitar players out there now and um like i, I was trying to maybe do some technical things that like mm. just i i am just not as good technically as a guitar player as you know um <laughs> revocation or frederick Thorndell, obviously um so i really just for this record i just focus more on um you know, just playing, playing stuff that kind of felt more organic uh, rather than trying to really, um, I'm always trying to push myself, but rather than trying to do stuff that I'm just incapable of doing, really focusing on composing something that was actually good uh, and fit and kind of came from the heart. So just to, to kind of go along with what Chris was saying.
2: Yeah. For for the record, I think you have great chops, right? I I know the bar (laughs) somehow, like, like when me and you were growing up and, and, you know, for anyone that doesn't know, like me and Aki have been making metal music together since we were about like 14, um, which needless to say was a very long time ago. Um, I-, I think the the bar for technical guitar playing has like really risen over that time. Obviously there were amazing guitar players when we were growing up, um, but now you- they, just- they just fall off trees, man. You know, you go into YouTube and there's a nine-year-old in the Philippines just like shredding his ass off. You know, like, fuck, man, I've been practicing for 20 years. I can't do that. Um, for the record, I think you're very strong, technically. But, you know, I think that mentality is what makes you such a great guitar player and soloist. Right? Some people can just kind of get away with it and just say, I'll do some fancy fret work and, you know, the fanboys will just, gush over it you know if if you have in your head well I can't just get away with that every time I've got to write something I think the the end result speaks for itself it's so much more lasting and impactful than somebody just you know doing sweeps for 30 seconds you know
0: oh thanks bro (laughs) so you had that sort of groundwork laid, as it were and you kind of knew what direction you wanted to head in and what you know where where your abilities lay but what specific point so you was there a specific point when you realized things were beginning to take shape as it were and it was looking like a full album an album of you know tracks wow that's
2: that's a good question I don't I don't know Aki do you have do you have any thoughts on that? Maybe I, I'll take a few seconds to try and <laughs> collect mine. Um,
1: well, honestly, <laughs> no, honestly, like excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> our whole family's sick over here. So I'm um, fighting something. Uh, Probably we had like a meeting, honestly. Yep. You came over, you, you came down from uh, New Jersey, down to Baltimore and, uh, <clears throat> I think we sat down and hammered out a bunch of stuff, just really trying to make it something more, um, I don't know, something more intense than we had gone through last time. And I remember like thinking we were going to have something awesome at that time. I mean, the way it works is Chris, you know, spends a lot of time laying down some ground tracks um, and then he'll send them to me and we'll discuss and uh, maybe I'll start working on some guitar melodies some solos some stuff for the choruses, et cetera. Mm um <clears throat> but i remember like we had we had actually sat down and met face to face which we had not done for the previous record and it was kind of like all right like uh we want to be serious about this like we want to make this as like awesome as possible uh you know what what should go here what should go there what do you need from me you know um and actually had like a conversation like how are the vocal lines gonna go here like where can i fit something in over here uh, and i think like after that um, meeting I'm calling it a meeting. We really just hung out for a couple of days, but, um, but it was something we had not done for the previous record. I think it kind of, for me, it, it, it made a much clearer picture, and I just kind of felt it coming together better after that. You know, we discussed over drinks and Afghan food. It was a good time, but it, um, it did come together for me after that a little bit more.
2: I guess, I guess I'll, I'll throw into that and say, you know, we, we have a collaborator um, named Charlie. You know, it's a gentleman named Charlie Monroe. Mm -hmm. He's based in the UK. Um, You know, he's a friend. He's kind of, I would say, our quasi-producer. You know, he's he's a fan. He's a collaborator. He, you know, plays a few things on the album. Uh, He had mixed and mastered the album. And I think throughout the creative process, he was kind of like an independent arbiter for us, right? Like, he's just somebody... I think when you're sitting outside of the creative process you're not writing the songs it's easier to say this just doesn't work yep right i know you think it does but it doesn't you know cut that um and then i think he was very also outspoken about the flow of the songs on the record um you know trying to have kind of an organic feel from from track one to eight just a cohesive journey for the, the audience, uh, for the listener. And, and I think that the order of the songs matters a bit, especially with some of the interludes and instrumental passages that we have. All right. So Charlie helped glue it together a bit as well. And, and maybe, you know, as you put it, Carl, turning it from a collection of songs to an actual album.
0: Mm. Okay. That's cool. I mean, U- the UK as well, because the expectation of course would be somebody a bit closer to home.
2: You know, so Charlie,
0: Charlie was like a guy I met
2: over the internet. I think uh, at the time he was, he was starting his own death metal project. He was one of these guys where it's like, there's a lot of them, but he's, he's the best of them where it's like, I'm a multi-instrumentalist doing a home recording of death metal and uh, I need a singer. <laughs> right. So, well, I, I could do that. And I, I need something to keep my, my voice warm in between our, you know, <laughs> two, two year dystopia AD release cycle Right, so you know, he sent me all these tracks, and I was blown away. It's just like just face melting tech death stuff, and he had such refined vision for for how things should go. Um, and we've made two. That's under a project called Hellbore. We've made two Hellbore records. Big Hellbore fan. I think I'm a big Hellbore fan. Yeah, I I think they're awesome. I mean, it's all Charlie. I'm just there. You know, I could wake up out of bed and do my my whole death metal, you know, vocal shtick. Um, but it, it's really it's really tremendous stuff. Um, so I just met Charlie through that, right? And, and it's funny because like 99 out of 100 of those are just garbage, right? Just some kid making a, you know, a death core kind of record that is just the same, you know, <laughs> repeated drivel. And I took a flyer on this guy, Charlie. We had been talking in forums. I could tell he was, you know, a smart guy. And, you know, the payoff was that he was like, all right, here's what I'm working on. I'm like, this is the new Necrophagist album. This is amazing. So uh, I just got linked up with him maybe five or six years ago that way. And we've just, I think, been friends ever since. Like, stay in touch and chat.
0: Well, tech's advanced so much. This is so much easier than it used to be, particularly when you're a multi-instrumentalist and you're able to do everything from your bedroom, as it were. Um, And a lot of that seems to have come back in the last few years as well, as people kind of got the grips with staying indoors and stuff like that. I have to ask, did the, has the last few years, the difficulties, pandemic period and so on, had any kind of influence on, not, I guess not just Doomsday Psalm, but even back to Rise of the Merciless, because that came out in 2020, the mid-2020.
2: Oh, I mean, it, it certainly impacted all of us, right? I think that the technology has probably enabled these things to happen, right? So, you know, Aki was in the army you know, and stationed abroad when we had made the previous record. So needless to say that, that could not have happened in a, in a prior life. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, Aki and I have never been, you know, even, even when he got out of the army and came back stateside, we've never been co-located for more than a, a day or two at a time over the past four years. So, you know, I think like the, the tech has been, you know, it certainly wasn't there when me and Aki were growing up, Right, mm. I remember us recording, recording stuff in your basement on one of those fucking four tracks or whatever.
0: Dude, we we paid <laughs> it, professional it studio
2: time. fees.
1: We paid professional yeah. studio fees. Recorded in an analog studio, and that sounded like <laughs> dog shit compared to <laughs> the stuff we just make on my laptop now.
2: You know, you remember that? Oh man, yeah, yeah, I, I remember that. It, I'm making this sound really old when I say we recorded on a four-track. They had better stuff. It's just that's what I could afford when I was a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> it was a four-track. That was not cutting-edge technology, um, but but pay still, good
0: money now. People pay good money now to try and get that sound.
2: Yeah, uh, it's it's funny. It's funny how that works when you've got you know your Steven Slate tape emulator that you slap on top of your digital mix to try and add some of that. Uh, that warmth back in it's just yeah Carl. it's funny what people will do
0: mm.
2: we, we we probably did that as well i'll ask charlie
1: oh <laughs> uh, but yeah so sorry I'll, I'll jump in for that too i yeah. mean the the first record we recorded it all before um COVID happened um so i but i was actually i f- i felt more isolated during the first record just because I, I was in afghanistan mm. um i i came back um, the, the, all the recording was done. I came back, you know, um, it was, it was mixed and then it got released, uh, I think like right, right in the middle of COVID, right in July of 2020, something like that. Um, it was right in the heat of COVID, I would say. Um, but then, uh, obviously this entire second record was, uh, composed and recorded during COVID. And I'll, I'll be honest. Like I, a lot of people didn't like, I mean, I did not like COVID just because, you know, a lot of people are dying and it's it's an awful state for the world but uh as far as like work and everything goes like I actually thrived just because I don't love uh seeing other people on a daily basis so um being isolated actually wasn't too bad a thing uh during covid and frankly uh, it didn't really change our process at all just because we're just you know sending each other tracks and discussing stuff over over the phone and over email and and when and come together Um, anything that you hear, you know, as far as like the record goes, uh, comes organically from, you know, our own experiences at the time. So definitely you're going to hear influences from what's, what was happening in the world or in our lives from the time going into it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it COVID affected everything. So ultimately to answer your question,
2: yes. (laughs) You know, I think on on both of the last two records, I don't know if you agree, Aki, but there's definitely themes in the lyrics that might touch upon current events and things that are happening. But but at the same time, like, I I don't want it to feel too real. Hmm. You know, like, I feel like it should be escape from some of the existential terrors (laughs) of being a human being, you know? And and obviously, you know, you tap into the things you are living and feeling and seeing. Uh, But I, I don't know. I just don't, I just don't want him to take it too seriously. I want, I want people to have fun with it, you know, and and let this be an outlet to kind of forget about the other bullshit that that's happening. It matters, um, you know, music in all of its forms, right. Among other, other things should be an escape or an outlet um, from some of the, the, the challenges of daily life.
1: You know, so. it's funny you mentioned that I've been meaning to ask you, because ever since the, um, uh, the lyric video for carrion came out. People were like, oh, is that about COVID? Mm. Um and I was like, I was like, I don't think it is actually, because so Carrion was an updated version of a song that actually came out on the very first dystopia AD album, uh Designing Ruin. Um and I actually was not on that track. So I don't even know if you changed the lyrics at all or the lyrics are the same from way before COVID even happened. Oh. <laughs> so people were asking Ooh. me and I was like, I don't think it is actually
2: it's not it's not yeah. about COVID. maybe yeah. maybe covid was the inspiration to to revive it and, yeah you know just get some some 2022 punch and so like we've come a long way over those five years in terms of our capabilities and, and production value and i thought that was one of my favorite songs that I, we had done on the 2017 record i thought like you know well i don't i don't want to like you know, I don't want to continuously rehash my own my own stuff, which which I also tend to do. But I'm like, let's pick one song and just revive it. Um, maybe the theme is pertinent for for the COVID world. Um, but I just like the song. I just thought, you know, if yeah. we, we jazz this up a bit and redo it, it could really be um, an ass kicker, which I think it is.
1: Yeah, it was my favorite song from that record, too, other than the one that I was on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think there's almost an expectation or belief that any record that was made, recorded, uh, worked on during this period will inevitably have some have some um, references to the time period, even if it's not on purpose, it might be just slipping in because of subconscious. Um, writing abilities and so on and uh, particularly though you, I think you guys kind of ran in, not necessarily a difficulty but you, you ran into the challenge of releasing an album during the early portion which meant the potential of it getting buried amongst a mountain of stuff that was being released and no one really knew what was going on and there were no shows oh, um, so do you think Rise of the Merciless specifically so July 31st 2022 it goes out do you think it got its Jews? Because like it was released during that period and it may not have got as reached as many years.
2: Ooh, that's that's a tough question. I um I, I gotta be honest, I mean I don't have a, a, a great benchmark to compare that against. You know, we did a, a record in 2017, but that was really that was really homebrew, I would say. That was you know, me getting getting back into the the, the metal game after years and years and years right like, yep. so you know Aki and I made music throughout our adolescence and we did shows and, and recorded stuff um then then life happened man right like we went off to school and tried to figure our shit out I was abroad for four years working and when I came back I was like I'm an adult now I'm stable I've got a plan let's let's bring this thing that I always loves this thing that was always a huge part of my identity in the back of my head let's let's start doing this again so like the 2017 record obviously it was the the I think um output of a lot of effort and creative creativity but I look at it as almost like a POC it's like can I still do this (laughs) can I still write and perform and sing and you know figure out how to get it all on a on a a listenable media and you know the result is okay but I, I think that was just kind of a bit of a POC and then you know called up Aki, And so let's, let's do a real record this time. And that was the 2020 record. So, you know, I think long story short, sorry, the 2017 record didn't get a lot of buzz. We didn't really invest in the promotion. It was a little more of a, you know, bedroom recording, we'll call it 2020. I said, let's, let's do this for real. Uh, I thought, you know, overall good reception, uh, decent digital sales, etc. cetera. Um, Carlo, I, I don't, I don't think I know what good looks like if that makes oh. sense right like i don't know if that was more less or just the right amount of engagement that we should expect for a record at that time and that quality um i think overall just i, I was pleased with just what people had to say about the record even though there was smattering of, of critical but helpful feedback along the way
1: yeah i mean we we don't play live shows mm. um and probably won't uh at least until our kids are sentient <laughs> so uh which is like indefinitely i would say so really our only feedback that we get is just seeing like the the downloads the purchases and then the reviews um which i would say generally overall like the majority like between the two records has been you know overwhelmingly positive so i mean um you know in the u.s in modern day like you know metal has gone very very much underground i would say Mm -hmm. so it's uh it's really not unless you go to a metal show that you're going to see other metal people open, like out in the open (laughs) very often. So it's kind of hard to like really gauge just on a day-to-day basis other than just, you know, the, the feedback and the stats that you see online basically.
0: And it's still such, such early days for Doomsday Psalm. So, you know, six months further down the line, I feel like you'll be able to get a better understanding of that record and how it's done. And then maybe that will hopefully be your benchmark going forward sure
2: yeah no i i hope so um well well said bro
0: well stick to oh, the I'm album then oh, yeah, no worries i'm a sec. ah yes <laughs> right, my dog was mine. i can tell Yeah. no worries um we've got sticking <laughs> to this um specifically um what was for you individually The most challenging aspect of creating this record and if you had one what did you do to overcome it
2: good question uh aki does anything come to mind i'm kind of collecting my thoughts there
1: yeah sure two things uh first of all just finding the time (laughs) just um you know between our jobs moving you know being a new parent etc um, yeah, just, just finding the time was hard. But other than that, uh, Chris is always um, kind of pushing 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 boundaries of, of frankly my capabilities. I know that uh, when you when you learn guitar, you you grow up, you play you play in four four, and there's a couple beats that you play over. And that's about it. And you play uh, you first you play in pentatonic, and then you play in a minor scale, and that's usually about as sophisticated as, as like anybody gets. Chris has sent me tracks that have multiple different keys, multiple different time signatures, and um, where I'm, you know, I, I basically have always have to have to uh, challenge myself to basically keep up with what Chris is, is laying down here. So um, I enjoy the challenge, and I always think it's a great time, uh, but I would say it, it was just challenging for me to... Um, basically write something and I had the same, same issue with the last, not issue, but same opportunity with the last album too, where it's like, how do I make something that doesn't sound like a robot trying to play in a different time (laughs) signature with multiple key changes uh, and actually still make it sound organic and actually good. Um, And so I I would say that was the, that was the challenge with the last record. That was a challenge with this record. And um, Chris is just uh, awesome uh, at, at, at composing stuff. That's it's technical, but it also sounds Good and organic, and it doesn't sound just like some robot creating stuff that's technical for no reason. Um, so I always appreciate that.
2: thanks, uh, thanks for the kind words, Aki. I, I think you know, like I guess I suppose a couple of challenges come to mind was, you know, we try to make progressive music that's interesting, right? There's got to be little things that make you feel like, well, i haven't I haven't quite heard this flavor before. Right, I I understand, you know, metal's a bit of a saturated scene, and I think in response, not everyone tries to stand out. Right, this is the new, you know, blackened tech death, you know, power slam band. You know, people will try to <laughs> label themselves to make you to to sell something that is you haven't heard this before. Um, so so kind of you know when we talk about the progressive elements. You know it's how do I do this to create something that is a little different, um, more exciting or or interesting without being too contrived. right? And there was a little bit on that of that on the last record where there's a little bit of like, this is jarring. <laughs> These starts and stops are jarring to me, and maybe maybe the musicians are trying too hard, and that's off putting to me as a listener. So kind of trying to make that all flow a bit better on this record, I, I, think, we, I think we achieved that. Um, you know, but, but generally what I struggle with is, is tinkering. You know, Aki will tell you I'm like a tinkerer. You know, like most art is iterative. Mm. And, you know, there's not really a, a definition of perfection or being done. And just pulling yourself away and saying, this, this is good enough, like yeah. stop, stop tinkering right? Or you're never going to release it. Uh, I always struggle with that. Um, it, I guess the the result is just, you know, longer time to production, a longer time to market. Um, but, uh, you know, something I'm just obsessive over is, you know, little, little bits and things that are just ultimately meaningless in, in the greater flow of the song. Um, but trying to iterate to the point where I feel really good about something.
1: Oh, it's good. And I actually learned that from Chris when, I mean, when we were, I guess it was our second band back in, I don't know, 1999, Mm -hmm. our band was called Vigrid. Uh, You know, we would write something and I would write a, writing a solo for me would just be whatever came to mind at that immediate moment that we were playing the song at that time. I was like, it's good enough. It's done. And, um, and then I, I would see Chris like with it, with the four track kind of like constantly revising what we were doing and um, really just meticulously. I was like, Oh my God, like, I, I don't do that at all. Whatever. Fuck that. I'm not. And then eventually <laughs> I actually matured. And I was like, Oh, it actually, you know what? This is actually the way it's supposed to be done. It actually produces a much more sophisticated, interesting product. And um, I learned that from Chris. And so, I, don't th- I was probably, a, frankly, a better guitar player when I was 14 just because I had the time to practice. But now I think what we're making is sounds a lot better just because I actually have learned to take the time <laughs> and constantly revise, think about what we're doing, making something actually good rather than just something as fast and loud as I could do like at that given time.
2: <clears throat> I, I, I don't know if I would say if that's the way it should yeah. be done. It's a way it can be done. I, I'm just not. I'm not good enough to wake up out of bed and produce something that sounds good on the first cut. That's true. Right? I think I think you I think that's how it has to be
1: done unless you're a virtuoso, which I am definitely not. <laughs>
0: <sighs> the thing is, you're musicians, you're artists, you have evolved over time, your abilities have increased, you've learned new things, you're still going to learn new things. That is part and parcel of the the job the experience the life of a musician which speaking of which then was there anything specific working on doomsday psalm that you learnt about yourself or even about each other
2: i swear i'm not just trying to stump you with these i'm really not <laughs> no i think these are great questions i i want to give them the, the kind of response they deserve and not, well, um, half acid. Sorry, Aki.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, something I've learned just going through life, uh, is, um, it's just funny because Chris and I, uh, have stayed friends, um, this whole time, but I, I really hadn't had contact with Chris in, in years until he kind of came out and approached me about the, that very first, um, uh, album designing ruin. And it was just for one track called the March.
0: Hmm.
2: Um,
1: And it's just funny, just throughout life, you kind of meet people and, um, you know, you stay friends, you, you, you know, or you may kind of drift apart, but, uh, you know, it was awesome to get back, uh, get back with Chris and Chris executes and and you like, you you meet people and you you talk about doing stuff or even like people you just talk about like, Oh yeah, we'll, we'll get together. We'll grab drinks, whatever never happens. Like so many people you meet in life don't actually follow through with anything and literally (laughs) chris has followed like finding another person that just sits down and just executes just fucking executes you know does what he's does what he says he's going to do um even though it takes like years to execute you know like and we both have you know other jobs we both have lives outside of metal that uh, just require a lot from us but to sit down and actually find another person where we can just you know, dedicate the time and just bang out and execute something from beginning to end multiple times at this point now, uh, I think it's pretty rare. And I I really appreciate that about Chris. And um, it's just awesome to find, you know, people in the metal community and actually and just be in it as a as a half functioning adult (laughs) and just keep a foot in the in the metal world, you know?
2: Yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't know if I can add anything to that I I agree with everything that Aki said about the project being a way of us kind of staying in touch and you know like the same creative partnership that worked 20 years ago just still works today um and it it's definitely an outlet right um like like we said earlier like like everybody you know we've got jobs and families but finding that cut of time to produce something and collaborate together. I don't, I don't think I could do it on my own. I I know I couldn't do it on my own. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like both of us basically, you know, I would say that it's part of our identities, right. And we need to cling on to it and not lose that. Right. Like I don't want to wake up and be 60 and realize I, I missed out on all these years of making great music with really great people. Um, so you know, I don't know when the next record's going to be, right? We we obviously started this big chapter of parenthood during during the kind of production cycle of the last record, but you know, I'll anticipate it's the same story, even if it takes a little longer for the next album. Which is, you know, Aki and I will continue to kind of like collaborate and cycle through through the creative process, and, and you know, hopefully, hopefully, be making records until we're sixty, so
0: eighty. 80 <laughs> i mean i'm 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 glad the experience is so uh, joyful for you both particularly as a fan of your music it resonates with me but it resonates with many many other people as well uh, around the world can you put your finger on why your music does resonate res- resonate with people
2: um so like this is a pretty pretentious view of what we do but like if someone tried to ask me what what we're trying to do with dystopia a d like my answer would be like we we want to take all the things that make metal awesome and embody them in songs right like i don't I don't think we want to be too wrapped up in what death metal should sound like or what you know any particular genre should sound like and and again, I'm not. I got to be careful not to go down season well you can't really put a genre on us well of course you can mm. right like I'm not I'm not giving you that whole that whole um shtick but you know like we think about like like me and Aki like stuff like Blind Guardian and Sepultura um you know I even like like some of the core stuff like you know uh Kill Switch Engage you know like just try to think about what is the stuff that has made metal so important to me over the years right like why has metal been almost exclusively the stuff I've been listening to for the last 30 years of my life and then what is it that kind of excites you and gets your endorphins rushing and how do we kind of just make sure there's a taste of those things in in each song so again I guess a very pretentious view of what we do but you know there's just elements of what excites listeners about metal and i think it's unique to metal right like i think there's just a certain connection between metal music and its fans that that no one else really can get right mm-hmm. the energy the, the excitement and again how do we kind of inject those elements into our songs
1: yeah and and i don't it's hard to put into words but there's there's stuff that i don't know only only metal heads would understand like I don't know. Uh, I just remember there's a uh, there's like a Mina scale solo over a breakdown in section of uh, Imperial on the new record, the opening track. And uh, I remember Chris sending it back to me and he had added like there's there's a little um, trill scale solo. And then Chris added just a single like whammy slam, like right at the right at the before a breakdown just like crushes you. And I was like, that was that was perfect like no one outside of metal would even understand but i was just like that that hit the nail on the head man that thing fucking was perfectly placed and it just gets you so pumped for the breakdown and it's like how do you explain that you know like us talking about it like he's like oh yeah no obviously that that's awesome yeah, yeah i know but like no one outside and people i think if you're into metal and you hear that you're like yep that's that slaps you know but uh, outside of metal no, no one's gonna appreciate something like that um and, and I don't know. It's just funny. Like, uh, obviously, I have a lot of friends and, and know a lot of people that aren't into metal. And they're like, I don't get it. Yep. Like, what you? And and I was like, have you ever wanted to tell someone, like, fuck you? Have you ever had that thought? It's like, well, yeah, of course. It's like, well, OK, well, that you understand metal to some point, because that's, that's a lot of, like, that's the emotion that a lot of metal captures. So don't tell me you don't understand. You just don't want to, you know, admit. That you have this dark side of you that you <laughs> that you you know we enjoy so anyway i think uh, i think it the music embodies
0: all of that i think you guys have done an incredible job and while it appears you've got no concrete plans at the moment for 2023 i imagine you're just gonna be tinkering as it were
2: you know at some point um i'll start sketching out some new songs and you know we'll figure out what what a timeline might look like. Um, you know, I to, to kind of put any sort of dates on the next record would probably be overly ambitious at this point. Um, but I could say creatively, we'll continue, and you know it's just a matter of of when and not if. Um, I think you know, I'm proud of what we've done, and I think we've kind of built this identity and sound. you know, I I was actually. I'm gonna gonna make a very unmetal statement. Um, I was listening to to an interview with Lin Manuel Miranda, who writes Broadway musicals and a bunch of Disney songs. Kid is his best. Yeah, yeah. So, and and someone asked Lin Manuel Miranda, "Are you going to continue to make musicals?" And he said, "Well, it took me a really long time to get good at it, so yes." (laughs) Um, And I think that's how I I feel. Maybe, maybe Aki, uh, not speaking your app, but maybe you feel as well. It's like. Not only do I love it, but it took me a long time to really refine my craft and feel good about what I was doing. Um, And I feel like it would almost be a shame not to make music, right? Aside from the fact that I enjoy it and love it uh, and wake up for it. Mm. um, I feel like for us to have come this far with our identity, with our sound and not make more songs would just be tragic.
1: Yeah, no, completely agree. I mean, uh, you know, especially as i get older and eventually the kids are going to be grown like going to need some old man stuff to do too <laughs> yes. it doesn't require me to to hurt myself or anything which is everything i do currently but um I, I mean i i plan to do this until i die you know
0: thing is uh we're talking about the future but this record as of the time of recording is 16 days old so it's got a lot of legs on it. It's got a lot of running to do before we even consider what the future is for Dystopia AD. But in the immediate time is the festive season. It is December 18th at the time recording. And I have to ask you the last question and let you get on with the rest of your day. What does a Dystopia AD Christmas look like for you both? <laughs> well, if you can't tell from from
2: literally everything I've said during this interview, I'm a, I'm, I'm disappointingly bland uh you know i i am am not making these records from the black metal dungeon with my corpse paint on um cool shirt though (laughs) (laughs) i do have cool t-shirts as do you guys i um you know so we now that i'm a full-fledged adult we do we do christmas in my house um i've got uh we'll call it an international family so my mother-in-law is here from india uh, my sister will fly in from Denver and my, my parents will come down I will probably subject them to a bit of metal um, there is like this Chuck Billy rendition of Silent Night um, oh. <laughs> that is ridiculous oh, um,
0: from the uh, wish you a metal Christmas and a headbanging New Year yeah, yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Um, and, and, and
2: my tradition is to uh, to to play it, to wake up the the folks staying at my home on Christmas morning, very early with that uh, <laughs> never gets old for me. Um, <laughs> but otherwise, you know, um, you know, I, I guess, I guess getting together with the people you love and drinking a bunch of wine and getting cool shit is pretty metal. Um, and that's what we'll do.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And similar, I, similarly, uh, lamb, I actually have to work. So I'm, I'm actually a infectious disease, dock at a hospital down here in Virginia so I actually have to work Christmas Eve and Christmas which Saturday and Sunday mm. um, but grandma and grandpa are coming down um, my uh, brother-in-law's uh, flying in from Denver so uh, we both have people coming in from Colorado I guess it sounds like and uh, so it's, it's going to be family Christmas here and uh, you know I'll, I'll be able to enjoy it probably early evening late afternoon hopefully get out of work at a decent time each day so it should be good though but yeah it'll be our first christmas with uh with kids so i guess all the all the traditions will start this year we'll have to figure one out i like the chuck billy i forgot about that i need to incorporate that somehow
2: (laughs) maybe maybe there's a there's like a Halford, (laughs) there's like a rob Halford, like oh holy night
0: yes (laughs) it's been out there i found
2: out about it yesterday I'll send it to you, but uh it's That's um, awesome. That, that that might make the rotation this year as well. <laughs>
0: nice, nice. Guys, um, much love and I hope you have a wonderful festive period and to the end of the year. And thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I just want to mention one last thing, which is um, well, well, we'll tag you on social media and stuff, but you the new album, Doomsday Psalm, has made our top 20 albums of the year list oh, wow. It'll be up at the end of the year. Um, so check out that but again um, I really loved uh, speaking to you both Um, wish you all the best thank you so much for doing this Carl I think we just wanted to say like we really appreciate all of your support
2: like I I remember you know your review of the 2020 record as well I think one of the first reviews to come out And um, I think you know you definitely get what we're trying to do and um, just as a writer um, as someone that's part of the scene like we we really appreciate your support we mean
1: that yeah totally agree really appreciate everything man
0: thank you very much for watching if you liked what you saw please help us out by giving us a thumbs up and hitting that subscribe button if you really liked what you saw consider donating to keep the website and channel running by buying us a coffee via our coffee page or picking up some merch from our big cartel store you can check us out on gbhbell.com as well as via our social media facebook instagram and twitter as well as listen to our interviews via SoundCloud, Apple Music and Spotify. Just search for GBHBL. Games, horror and heavy metal. What else is life for?